Welcome to the Rough Draft. Today we will be listening to Mother of Learning, Chapter 10, Overlooked Details. Zoyan's eyes abruptly shot open as a sharp pain erupted from his stomach. His whole body convulsed, buckling against the object that fell on him, and suddenly he was wide awake, not a trace of drowsiness in his mind. Good mo- No, it's not, Zoyan interrupted. How could it possibly be a good morning? I got killed again, eaten by a giant worm this time. And waking up like this is really starting to get on my nerves. Couldn't the time loop have started a day later or something? He stared at his little sister expectantly. She stared back at him, confused out of her mind, probably a little frightened. Um, what? She asked hesitantly. Zorian wordlessly flipped her over the edge of the bed. She She fell to the floor with a thud and an indignant yelp. And Zorian quickly jumped to his feet to better a response to any violence she might decide to retaliate with, having learned his lesson during previous restarts. He immediately set up towards the bathroom before she could get her bearings. She realized what he was doing quickly, but by then he had already locked the door behind him. Her screams of outrage were music to his ears, especially since they eventually caused Mother to come after her and give her a scolding. Maybe it was a good morning after all. trains. Zorian didn't really like them to start with, but he was starting to develop an intense dislike of them ever since he was caught in this time loop thing. Traveling via train on a regular basis was almost as annoying as Creel jumping on him at the start of every restart. He had toyed with the idea of killing time by striking a conversation with Ivory, so she'd be familiar with him when he got a job at the library, but scrapped the notion after all, mostly because he decided not to apply for the job in this restart. Working at the library like he had been was fairly time-consuming, and he had a much more promising project to work on, mastering all the shaping exercises in Ilsa's book so that he could woo her into taking him as her apprentice. Library magic was useful, but getting rid of Shvin would be absolutely priceless. He couldn't be present in Syria, uh, he wouldn't be present in Syria when the invasion came out either, not on this restart, nor on any near future one, even if he had to reveal a secret to Zack because of it. He'd take the first train out of town to, uh, on the eve of the summer festival. He knew that the smart, responsible thing to do would be to stay in the city and note what was happening, how the invasion was progressing, and what could be done to stop it. He knew it, but it was too much for him. It's not just, uh, and not just getting, uh, not just because getting in himself involved in the mess seemed to invariably lead to his death either. The emotional roller coaster of the evacuation was very hard on his nerves, but that was just a symptom of the real problem. He struggled with his thoughts for a moment, trying to identify the root of the problem. Every reason he could think of felt not right. And then it clicked. It was the helplessness. Every time his thoughts strayed towards the topic of the invasion, he couldn't shake the notion that the forces arrayed against him were vastly beyond his ability to handle, and that the only reason he survived as long as he had was through sheer dumb luck. It occurred to him that the manner of his most recent death could easily be an allegory for, their, uh, for this entire invasion. So you repelled a murderous pack of winter wolves and reached safety, helped foil a traitorish ambush, and now you think the worst is over? No. A s- stupid, a giant worm suddenly jumps out of the ground and bites your head off. How were you supposed to fight something like that? How was he supposed to fight something like that? Maybe he shouldn't. A lot of things about the invasion seemed implausible, 
about as implausible as Zack being a super prodigy over the span of a single summer, Zorian learning all 15 shaping exercises in Ilsa's book within the span of a month, or time travel being real. What if his theory of there being a third time traveler was correct, and that someone was the mastermind behind the invasion? It would explain a lot. Then again, it would also pose a lot of questions on its own. Like, why hadn't this hostile time traveler dealt with Zack already? The Lich had already proved it, it was very much possible to hurt people like Zack, and Zorian was working uh, Zach, to hurt people like Zack and Zorian, and was working for the invading forces already. Regardless, he intended to involve himself again with the invasion, only after he acquired some serious magic, or after he calmed down somewhat and felt emotionally capable of facing the situation. Whichever came first. It's not like he could study the invasion in any great detail, if he kept dying at the very start of it, anyway. Eventually, the train arrived in Sioria, and Zorian began his long treks toward the academy. He wasn't in a hurry this time, because he had finally found a spell to protect himself from the rain in the last restart, and was eager to try it. Well, he had probably found several protective spells meant to deal with rain and other adverse weather, but only one within his ability to actually cast. It was okay, though, since the Rain Barrier spell was the best suited for its purposes anyway. It offered the most complete protection at the, at, uh, at the cost of being horribly draining to maintain. He could see why the Mana Drain would be a serious problem for people who wanted to use the spell extensively, but Zorian only needed it to last an hour or two in an exceptionally mana-rich area of Sioria. Also, being encased in an invisible sphere that repelled water was just plain more impressive than the more substantial, sophisticated wards. The barrier actually worked on water in general, not just raindrops, so he didn't have to worry about stepping in puddles and soaking his footwear. Seeing water on the road uh, part before him like, it, like in front of some kind of celestial emissary was mightily amusing. Also, a bit of an ego boost, which is something he sorely needed after being so thoroughly outmatched during the invasion of the previous restart. He'd probably never used a spell after getting out of the time loop, since an umbrella was good enough for uh, for finding a store that sold them. Um, since an umbrella was good enough for most occasions and didn't consume any mana, but finding a store that sold them along his usual route from the train station had proved surprisingly difficult. Which, now that he thought about it, suggested that he would probably he probably would use the spell from time to time since he doubted this uh, would be the only time in his life he'd find himself without an easily acquired umbrella. He shook his head. He really shouldn't be fantasizing about what he'd do after getting out of the time loop, since it didn't appear that uh, that would happen anytime soon. He had to concentrate on the present. And boy, did that sound weird, considering his situation. Like, what was he going to do with Zack? He was sorely tempted to just admit everything to the boy and have them try to figure out this mess together. Surely two heads are better than one. Impulsive he may be, but Zack couldn't have gotten as far as he did without having a good head on his shoulders. He didn't feel entirely comfortable with the idea, though. He strongly suspected there was more to Zack than it appeared, and he hated to charge in without knowing what he was getting himself into. He decided to see how Zack in interacted with him in this restart before deciding. Zorian, over here! Zorian glanced towards the happy-looking Benesek, waving at him like a lunatic, wondering what he should do. He didn't really want to talk to him. Benesek might be, might be his closest friend among the student body, but he was also rather irritating at times. 
and it's not like he could tell Zorian something he didn't already know at this point. In the end, he sighed in defeat, and trudged over to the grinning boy. Time Looper, no, it felt wrong to blatantly snub someone so visibly happy to see him, especially since he shared so much history with Benesek. He did find it interesting that Benesek was present in the cafeteria at this time, since that wasn't his usual behavior in restarts. Zorian experienced so f- uh, Zor- um, behavior in the restarts Zorian experienced so far. These kind of unexplained divergences happened all the time, which was to be expected. There were at least two time travelers wandering around the time loop, changing things both inconsequential and crucial. But it was surprising to see a change this soon into the into the time loop. It had only been a day since he arrived at Cyroria. Usually, it took at least a week until everything went off the rails, and even then, a lot of things repeated themselves. Most teachers followed some kind of fixed teaching plan, for example, and rarely deviated from it. As far as he knew, Fortov always uh, kept looking uh, looking for him for help with the Purple Creeper salve, even though his accident with Ivory only happened near the very end of the time loop, which, now that he thought about it, suggested the accident wasn't so accidental after all. Kind of suspicious for an accident to be so insensitive to changes. You... <clears throat> You just got to Sayoria, didn't you? Benesek prompted, excitedly the moment Zorian sat down behind, beside him. Zorian nodded hesitantly. Benesek was only ever this excited when he was talking about a particularly hot girl, or when he got hold of particularly juicy gossip material. Hopefully it was the latter, because there was no way Zorian would be staying otherwise. You're so not going to believe this, Benesek said excitedly. You know Zack? You know, Zack Novetta, the last scone of the noble house Novetta? He went to class with us um, these last two years. Of course it's Zack. He really should have known. I cor- um, of course I know him, Zorian said. He is very mem- uh, memorable. He is, blinked Benesek. He shook his head. I mean, of course he is. I kind of didn't expect you to know, though, since he's kind of a failure as a mage, and you never interacted with him much. Zorian shrugged. Truth be told, it was very rare for him to forget someone's name, regardless of how often he had interacted with them or how long it had been since he last saw them. Even before the time loop, Zorian would have instantly known who Benesek was referring to. Anyway, Benesek continued, Zack escaped from his family mansion yesterday. Uh, what? asked Zorian incredulously. What do you mean escaped? Why would he need to escape from his own mansion? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Benesek said. Apparently, he had an argument with his guardian that eventually uh, descended into a full-blown magical duel. A duel which, get this, Zack won. Half of the mansion was trashed, and Zack fled into the city and has yet to be found. They're searching for him everywhere. Um, wow. Zorian said, honestly at a loss for words. What the hell was that about? You said it, Benesek agreed. I'm not sure I believe the official story, though. I mean, there's no way Zack could have taken on his guardian in a magical duel. Tessin Zavari is a seventh circle mage, or something, and Zack barely passed his own certification. Then again, something sure demolished Noveta Mansion. How do you know about this? asked Zorian. It's all over the newspapers, said Benesek. Besides, everyone is talking about it. I can't believe one of our classmates would be involved in something like that. What do you think, Zorian? Ben... I honestly don't know what to think about that, said Zorian, and he really meant it. He didn't doubt for a second that Zack could be the snuffing out of his guardian, Seventh Circle or not. The man was a politician, as far as Zorian knew, not a battle mage. 
But why would he want to do that? I suppose he wouldn't be coming to class this time, then, mused Zorian out loud. Then again, he would not have put it past Zack to just walk into class one of these days as if nothing was wrong. I doubt it, Benesek laughed. Did he kill anyone? asked Zorian. Benesek shook his head in the negative. So basically, he didn't do anything that serious. What's the worst that can happen to him if he simply turns himself in? Well, Tessin might not be too happy with him now, and he's too influential to brush off. Even for someone like Zack, said Benesek, attacking one of the elders of Eldamar is actually a fairly serious crime, and Tessin could really ruin Zack's day if he was inclined to pursue satisfaction. Not that I think he would, since that would just draw even more attention to what happened. The whole thing is a giant political scandal for him. I'm guessing Zack will come back after a month or so, after he cools off for a bit, and Tessin will magnanimously forgive him everything. Zorian was silent. Zack had told him that it was rare for him to spend a restart in Sayoria, and even rarer for him to attend classes. In light of that, it had been foolish of him to expect Zack to be around in, his re in this restart. Zack may have found Zorian interesting in the previous restart, but probably not that interesting. Still, there was more than uh, this was a little more than strange. If he had wanted to leave and do his own thing, maybe he uh, maybe he ha uh, couldn't he have just walked out of his mansion one day and kept going? Who would have stopped him? His guardian? Why would Tessin do that? The man was clear, clearly very hands-off in his dealings with his charge, as evident by Zack's frequent absences from the school during the last two years, as well as Zack's abysmal performance prior to the time loop. There was no obvious answer, and Zorian didn't feel like trying to track down Zack. He probably couldn't find him, even if he tried, and he had more attainable goals to pursue, like getting out of Schwinn's merciless clutches. What could be more important than that? The rest of the restart was pleasantly uneventful. There was no Zack, since the boy never showed up in school and couldn't be found by anyone. After a week or so, the newspapers stopped covering the story because there was no new developments to justify the articles, and the rumors making rounds across the student body died down soon after. For his part, Zorian threw himself completely into mastering the ex exercises in Ilsa's book. He neglected virtually everything else, often skipping class when he thought he could get away with it. Akodra was furious since he was apparently ruining the attendance record of the class, and got Ilsa to corner him one day about it. Fortunately, Zorian's ability to get top grades on every exam, despite his spotty attendance, blunted the impact of Akodra's criticism, and Zorian managed to convince Ilsa he was working on a personal project that was taking most of his time not skipping classes for the heck of it, as Akoja, as Akoja claimed. He assured her the project would be finished within a month, and that he would resume attending classes regularly after the summer festival. She made him promise that he would show her what he was working on when she was done, and he enthusiastically agreed with her. His, uh, his single-minded focus gave results quickly. He mastered both the vertical and fixed position levitation by the end of the restart. He didn't bother showing these advanced skills to Schwinn, who was still having him work on the pen-spinning exercise, since he doubted he'd uh, get a worthwhile reaction. Nothing seemed to please that guy. Um, he, hadn't been present in the, um, he hadn't been present in the city when the invasion came, of course. Without Zack's ring, he was even more useless in combat than he was in the last restart, so it was doubtful he could have lasted for very long in the midst of it all. He did make sure to practice with combat invocations uh, he learned from Zack every day, hoping to hone them into the same reflexive state that Zack displayed. That would take years of practice, of course, 
but that just meant he'd better start as soon as possible. He also didn't uh, didn't just leave leave via train like he usually did. He traveled by foot to one of the hills overlooking the city and observed the city from there. Watching the invasion unfold from such a high vantage point was not only a lot easier on Zack's nerves from, uh, than being in the thick of it, it was also informative, or rather informative. It was interesting to see how the invasion played out in broad terms. It seemed to have several stages, the first of which, of course, the disguised artillery barrage. The explosive flares mostly targeted three crucial areas, the city hall, the local military base, and one cluster of buildings that Zorian didn't recognize. The academy didn't appear to be a primary target, possibly because the invaders um, wanted it reasonably intact. Aside from the initial blast, the impact zones seemed to spawn scores of fire elementals that had to be dealt with. Fortunately, a lot of buildings in Sayoria were at least moderately warded against fire, because Zorin didn't doubt for a second <clears throat> didn't doubt for a second that the entire city would have been aflame within minutes otherwise. Once the few elementals had a few minutes to make a nuisance of themselves, monsters poured out of the sewage. After they rampaged across the city a bit, the spellcasters finally arrived. The battle was still raging when the clockwork finally, uh, when the clock finally hit two past midnight, and everything went suddenly black. As things, um, all things considered, the army of monsters was the least destructive part of the invasion. If he could somehow prevent the initial barrage from crippling the city, uh, the city defense uh, right from the start, or take out a lot of the attacking mages that followed in the monsters' wake, well. It was worth a shot when he finally got some skills under his belt. The next three restarts were essentially the same, right down to Zack dueling his guardian and escaping into the night. Apparently, that wasn't just a one-time thing, but rather, um, but a rather routine occurrence. The exact details varied, but every time he roughed Tessin up before setting off, God knows where. Unfortunately, Zorian couldn't find out anything substantial about Tessin. The man was a high-ranking pol politician thus not exactly approachable, and nothing in publicly available sources explained Zack's apparent hostility towards the man. He worked with Elsa's book um, his work with Elsa's book progressed steadily, but he was frankly getting sick of it. It was only so much insistent uh, shaping practice he could stand before he lost all enthusiasm. Besides, Ilsa, had sa uh, Ilsa said most students um, go through them at a rate of six per year, and he, already, um, and he was already more effective than that something that he attributed to his unusual focus in the matter. How many people could afford to focus all their energy on shaping exercises? There were so many things vying for the typical student's attention that shaping exercises no doubt ended near bo the bottom of their priorities. That was why he was currently in Elsa's office, trying to see if he could get something out of her without mastering quite the entire book. What can I do for you, Mr. Kaczynski? Elsa asked. Well, I was a bit concerned about the class you outlined in your first class. Um, I was a bit concerned about the program you outlined in your first class, Zorian said. I'm not sure I'll get an anything out of it, since I already have a solid grasp of all the topics you mentioned. Ilsa raised an eyebrow at him, at him. Hey, it worked on Chiron. Why wouldn't it work on Ilsa too? I see, she said after a, couple of, after a second of silence. Would you mind if I gave you a, a couple of quick tests to confirm that? Confident he could deal with any uh, with anything she tested him with, he agreed. Ilsa proceeded to rummage through her drawers and took out two different tests. One was an exact copy of the same test Ilsa gave the whole class just before the summer festival, and Zorin proceeded to fill it out ten minutes flat by sheer memory. The other was unfairly hard, 
because it covered advanced topics that didn't turn up in class at all. Zorin only managed to fill out a quarter of questions before time was up, and he was fairly sure not all of his answers were correct. Ilsa skimmed through them quickly, then nodded at herself. Your theoretical knowledge is pretty spotty, Ilsa said with a theatrical sigh, and Zorin had to stop himself from scowling. That was bullshit. She gave him this that second test just to make sure he failed. Here, I'll give you, uh, you a list of additional reading to study in your free time. Two minutes later, Zorian found himself practically pushed out the door, a piece of paper with hastily scribbled writing in his hand. He glared at the list of book titles, very much tempted to incinerate it on the spot. He was supposed to start on the variations of the flame-producing exercise anyway, but he didn't. He would not be defeated that easily. If he could survive Shrin's mentoring method this long, he could definitely read a couple of theoret uh, theoretical ma uh, manuals. He would be back. She could be sure of that. Good morning, brother. Morning, morning, morning. Good morning, Kiri, said Zorian pleasantly. Thank you for waking me up. <clears throat> Kiriel stared at him for a couple of seconds and then huffed in disappointment at his lack of reaction and got off of him all on her own. Well, damn, he should have tried that ages ago. You're no fun, she accused. Zorian simply nodded in agreement. Mom wants to talk to you, Creel said. Could you show me some magic before you go, though? Please? Well, why not? He quickly cast the floating lantern spell, causing an orb of light to spring into existence above his palm. He had the orb fly around the room while he repeated the spell two more times, producing a different colored orb each time. The books Ilsa had told him to read were mostly boring crap, but they did tell him something rather interesting. Um... Uh, all the, those variations he had been practicing had more uses than just improving his shaping skills, apparently. They also allowed him to adjust certain spells more to his liking. The same variation of the light-emitting exercise that allowed him to produce colored light also enabled him to change the color of the glowing orb produced by the flowing, floating lantern spell. Mastering a whole bunch of light-related exercise would apparently also make light-based invocations more powerful and less mana-intensive, and the same principle applied to other groups of spells as well, such as fire-related exercise improved invocation based around fire and heat, and levitation-based ones improved spells relying on telekinetic forces. He was a lot less annoyed at having to go through all those shaping exercises when he found that out. Hell, if they were that useful, he'd probably see if he could find more of them when he ran out of the ones in Ilsa's book. More! More! Kiri demanded, distracting Kiri with a few more orbs. Zorin quietly slipped out of the room and went to the bathroom before Kiri could realize what was happening. Why was she always so intent on getting there first anyway? That was horribly petty, even for Kriel. He'd have to ask her in one of the restarts. Unfortunately, he sort of forgot he filled his entire room with multicolored orbs of light by the time Ilsa came around to visit, so he thought nothing about inviting her to his room. He hastily swept his hand in front of him, Casting them all out, uh, casting them all to wink out of existence, but it was too late. Elsa had already seen them and was looking at him curiously. That's not really a second-year spell, Elsa remarked, her eyes boring into him. Damon can be a pretty good teacher when he wants to be, said Zorian with a cheeky smile, shamelessly relying on Damon's fame to deflect any concerns. Teaching first class, uh, first circle spells like that one to uncertified mages was un was illegal. But if Zorian ever learned something in his life, it was that Damon can get away with anything. 
And you know how to produce something other than white light, Ilsa noted. Impressive. I guess this should be easy for you then. She handed him a very familiar scroll, and Zorin was just about to flood it with mana to break the seal when he realized something was wrong. Ilsa was studying him like a hawk, expect expectant and alert. She had never shown this much interest in his scroll, in his scroll opening before, uh, uh, before so, what um before so what made this one special? He stared at the scroll for a couple of seconds, unable to see any difference from the scroll he was used to, even though the symbols on the seal were the same. Wait. He a few moments later he remembered what he saw uh what he, where he saw the symbols inscribed on the seal and promptly left. It felt like banging his head against the wall on something. How? Why? Those sneaky little... He had been doing it all... Uh, he had been doing it wrong. All this time, he had been simply pouring mana into the seal to break it, when instead, he had to channel mana into it in a very specific ways so he could peel it off intact. It said so, right on the goddamn spell. It required more mana control than simply flooding the seal with mana, but it was nothing he hadn't already been capable of, even before the time loop. All this time, he had thought the symbols on the seal were purely ornamental in nature. But no, they were instructions. Instructions written into, uh, in a somewhat obscure form. But still, how could he have missed that? He directed his mana in flow along the sides of the seal, causing it, uh, causing it to pop off without resistance. Well done, Elsa said with a smile. Not many students have such a firm grasp at, on their magic at this stage. I see someone is continuing in Damon's footsteps. Zorian smiled back politely. He mustn't scowl. He mustn't scowl. Unfortunately, I am in a bit of a hurry, so we'll have to continue this conversation later. Visit me in my office when you get to Syroria. Now, about your electives. Ilsa stared back at him. He stared back. She glanced towards the two completely filled out tests on her desk, then returned her gaze towards him, this time with a speculative look. Zorian remained silent. It actually felt good to baffle someone like this. Zorian decided. Apparently, Ilsa wasn't as cold-blooded about improbable skills as Shvin was. I must admit, I didn't quite expect this level of knowledge and shaping skills when I told you to come and see me, Ilsa said thoughtfully. That second exam I gave you is the one I give to students at the end of their third year, and you only got two of the questions wrong. On top of that, you know ten different variations of the basic three, which is astronomical for a third-year student. She tapped her pen against the table, lost in thought. You may be a bit too advanced for what I intend to teach your group this year, Ilsa finally admitted. My class is mostly there to make sure the students don't have any obvious holes in their shaping skills and theoretical knowledge, and to teach them a few miscellaneous spells that are of general utility to most mages. You're way beyond that. What am I going to do with you? Transfer me away from Schwinn so you could teach such a promising student? Zorian tried. She laughed at him. Sorry, she said. You're good, but not that good. Besides, you should have it easier than most of Schwinn's, uh, Schwinn's, uh, charges. What, uh, what with your amazing shaping skills and all? You'd be surprised how little difference that makes to him, Zorian sighed. Oh, come on, Mr. Kaczynski. You didn't even have a single session with him, Ilsa chided. I'm sure that whatever rumors you heard were greatly exaggerated. Right, said Zorian, unable to keep himself from rolling his eyes. Can you at least give me a written permit to skip your lectures? You said yourself I have nothing to learn anyway. 
That wasn't quite what Zorian was after, but he supposed it would be better than nothing. It would give him a bunch of free periods throughout the week, which wasn't, wasn't terribly useful while he was inside the time loop, where he could just skip class if he needed more free time. It would come in handy when, and if, he got out of it, and besides, a written permit would cut down on Okoja's whining, if nothing else. No, Ilsa said, I need you in class, if only to motivate the rest of your classmates to try harder. Don't worry, I'll make sure you're not bored during class. Crap, maybe you shouldn't have asked her that. In the meantime, I'm going to do you a favor, Ilsa continued. While I am personally too busy to teach you, I will see if I can find a teacher willing to give you some private instructions. Do you have an area of magic you're particularly interested in? Personally, I would recommend you look into either divination or alteration. But it's your choice. Spell formulas, Zorian said firmly. Oh, ambitious, noted Ilsa. It's a hard subject, not something your shaping skills can help you with, either. I'm certain, Zorian con uh, confirmed. Spell formulas had fascinated him ever since he started to learn magic so there was no way he was wasting his this kind of opportunity. Very well, Ilsa shrugged. I don't foresee any problems. In that case, I'm sure Miss Bollet will be ecstatic to have such a talented and determined student. Miss Bollet, as in Nora Bollet, the orange-haired maniac that expected them to read 12 books within a week and give them a 60-question progress test every other lecture? Zorin resisted the urge to sigh. Why couldn't he have a normal mentor for once? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please consider listening to the next chapter.